welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by Fairhaven Health. The nippies, nippies. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. (laughs) That was milkies and nipple combined into one word. And that is the name of my new company, nippies. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what we sell yet, but... Milky's Nipple Nurture Balm is your organic and lanolin-free answer to sore or cracked nipples, and it's also quite a mouthful. Uh, Today's episode is also brought to you by Sarah's Chill, a company that never stops making the lives of breastfeeding parents easier. We will hear more from our sponsors later, but uh, they make this podcast possible, so if you ever need anything please head to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com and check out our sponsor page. See if you can give them any of your business. While you're there, you can scroll down and enter your email address and we will send episodes straight to your inbox every week. And we are also on Patreon. And uh, we are having a blast over there. And we hope that you will join us there for our um, Extra ad-free episodes, our mini podcasts, our Zoom hangouts. You can head to the link in the top of the uh, show notes, wherever you're listening from, and find uh, a description of all of the um, benefits and stuff. And shout out to Rudy G and Ashley H for joining us over there. And uh, we hope to see you. And uh, we are still holding our ongoing giveaway. I just got an email that said, are you still doing this? We are still doing this. If you leave a review anywhere on the internet, a written review, stars, whatever you can do on whatever app you listen to, um, send us a screenshot to badassbreastfeedingpodcast at gmail.com. And we will send you a goodie bag of stickers and thank you for nursing in public cards. We are still doing that. You can send it over. People are doing it. We're sending them out. Diane sends out bags. Yeah. Um, I have lots of stickers. So, oh God, Diane is like the a sticker obsessed. So, I am kind of sticker obsessed. Jeez. <laughs> People, don't make my stickers get the stickers. Be in vain. I know. Come get the yeah. stickers. She's going to hoard the stickers if you don't come and get them. Uh, yeah. Okay. And, uh, now our favorite hoarder has our review of the week. I do. This is, this is a little long, but I love it. So it's, this podcast is amazing. My baby and I had a very difficult start with breastfeeding, tongue tie, lots of pain with nursing, even post-release and after working with a lactation consultant and did not take a bottle. And I wish I had known about this podcast then. However, I am so glad we eventually figured it out and I found this podcast. I am still nursing my 16-month-old and I feel confident that this podcast will help any future nursing relationships go so much smoother or at least with so much less anxiety. My number one piece of advice for any friends wanting to breastfeed is to get info for a lactation consultant to have ready when the baby comes. My second piece of advice is this podcast. The information provided is gold. Update. I nursed my first baby until just before their second birthday. I just had my second baby and my postpartum experience has been so much better, partially because I know so much more thanks to this podcast. I have so much less anxiety because I know what is normal newborn stuff. We had great nurses in the hospital, but many of them very new and uneducated about breastfeeding. 
Thanks to this podcast, I wasn't at all worried about their comments and my baby nursing frequently because they aren't getting enough or about how they are still losing weight because, of course, they are on day two. I had Abby and Diane cheering me on in my head and giving me confidence. Five out of five stars would recommend. Thank you so much. I love hearing about the 16-month-old and then now the new baby. And you are right. The first advice, piece of advice, and we say this all the time too, get a lactation consultant. Have one ready to go. Meet with one prenatally if you can. It just makes so much sense. And it really is so, so helpful. Just I met with somebody prenatally the other day and it was just like, just to kind of like, you know, answer some questions and meet each other and, you know, what do I do from here kind of a thing. Um, it is so helpful. It is so helpful. So, you know, you can, you can do that. Find yourself a lactation consultant. And if there's, you know, if you don't have one near you, if you live in an area where you can't find one, there's lots of them virtually. So definitely find one. I always meet with people too. And um, if you're already had your baby and you feel like you need one, definitely find yourself one. Because it is important to to your breastfeeding relationship. We don't expect you to, you know, have any other, not to, we don't expect you to go without any other specialist. That's how I wanted to say right. that. Yeah. So, yeah. So don't go so without this one. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sending that in for us. And good luck with baby number two. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. And today we're going to talk about feeding in the first few days. And she like hit the nail on the head with one of the things that I was going to talk about, which was the weight stuff. But we will get to that eventually. But yeah. Yeah. Those first few days, man. Woo. I know. And I can't remember why I was thinking about this, but it might have even come from like doing that prenatal recently. I was like, hey, we should talk more about, you know, those first few days because I think we skip over that a lot. Or we, we just kind of like glaze over it, just going to go, oh, yeah. But we kind of, we tend to talk more about like problems that people get into as their relationship, breastfeeding relationship is going. Yeah. We don't but really. As we know, like the way you get started kind of sets the stage for. Yeah. What comes. Absolutely. And when you start off with, you know, not a lot of information, which most of us do. I certainly mm-hmm. did. It's a whole, then it just becomes like, then it's just months of dealing with that. My information was to counter everything my mother said with the opposite thing. That was my information. (laughs) That's what I did. She said one thing. I would say, no, that's not right. And just do the opposite. Because I was like, well, how does she know? She didn't breastfeed. And, you know, it's been 30 years since she had a baby. So why would she know anything about this? Um. But that's where we tend to get a lot of our information from. People that don't really know that are just kind of like spouting out information. Like things like, all right, so stuff my mother said to me was (laughs) like. Stuff my mother said. Ooh, that should be an episode. That should be an episode. Stuff my mother said. Everybody send in the crazy shit that your mom said to you about breastfeeding. Yeah, we won't say your names, I promise. No. But one of the things that she said to me was, how can you make milk? You don't even drink milk. And she was talking about cow's milk too, probably. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. course. How can you possibly was, make milk? You do not drink the breast milk of a bovine. Right. So it was stuff like that. That And this milk looks spoiled. It's fine. You know, like pumped milk. 
I was like, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. But that's where I got my information from. I didn't know anything. And then I was starting to read a little bit more once I kind of got into it. But spoiler alert too, I hated breastfeeding in the beginning. And I tell people that all the time. Like I hated it because I think people feel really guilty if they don't like it. And it's okay if you are struggling with it. It really is okay. Nobody's going to judge you. At least we won't. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's hard. It's hard and you're tired and your body hurts and your nipples hurt and everything is, you feel so needed and it's just like, oh, give me a second to breathe. And it just feels like so overwhelming and, you know, it, it can be really, it can feel really hard. And I think we always just kind of assume it's our cross to bear that we have to love it. And oh, you don't. Right. It took me. No. It took me probably a, I don't know a month or two before I really was like okay with everything. Yeah, and it probably it's usually about like things going going well. Mm-hmm. Because usually they start off with lots of problems. Right. And who's gonna like just, that? Nobody likes that. No, because you just don't know, right? Uh-uh. And how many times do people say? I mean, I know I've heard a million times when people come to see me, they're always like, yeah, I thought, you know, having the baby was going to be the harder part. I didn't think, I thought feeding would be easy. I hear that all the time. Thought feeding would be the easier part. This is harder than having the baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah, I know. I know it. So in the first couple of days, so let's talk about like when the baby is first born. So whether you're at the hospital or at home, you know, depending on where or at birth center, wherever you had your baby, you know, there's a couple things that are pretty, pretty consistent either way um, that your baby is going to be, your baby's going to be pretty sleepy. That's just normal. Babies that are more awake and alert. And this has been my experience, both from working with babies in the hospital and even with home births and from a lot of research that I have done is that babies that have had an unmedicated delivery are a little bit more alert than babies that have not. So if you have had a medicated delivery, which, and there's no problem with that, I'm not saying don't do it. All I'm saying is that those babies get the, the medication too. You know, I mean, the medication that's going to you and you might feel a little groggy and sleepy, too, especially if it was mm-hmm. a C-section. You ba- yeah. expect your baby to be a little groggy and a little sleepy as well. It's totally normal and it's fine. Plus, they just endured a lot. They're going to be they're going to be a little bit sleepy. But we always want those babies to go skin to skin right away, if possible. If everybody's healthy and everything's good, skin to skin right away for as long as possible. and then. Um, feeding within the first hour. Now, I saw a baby at home. It was a home birth. I saw them the first day that, and I know the family, and they contacted me. It's like the baby was born at like seven o'clock this morning. Can you come over today? I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so I did. I did have a, a window of time where I could pop over. So I went over there, and the baby, it was like six hours, and the baby hadn't been to breast yet. Like they had tried, but he just yeah. really wasn't that interested. And really Uh just wasn't doing much. And I'm like, are you doing, have you been doing skin to skin? And she goes, the midwife said I didn't really have to. And I was like, oh, I was like, no, do lots of skin to skin. I don't know what, I don't know why that, I don't know where that came from. Mm -mm. Like, I don't know what the conversation was prior to that. 
Maybe the midwife thought she was, because it was a very long, like four hours of pushing kind of birth. It was very long. And um, um, maybe the midwife just figured she needed to get a break. Yeah. Um, but I was like, no, let's do lots of skin to skin. And he ended up latching and is, you know, doing very well. But um, he was so alert. Like he was very like you know, very with it and alert, just not very interested in nursing, but he was fine. He didn't shrivel up. He didn't turn into a raisin. He didn't, you know, lose too much weight, nothing like that. And he went, you know, a good couple of hours before feeding, you know, before he actually fed. Mm -hmm. But in the hospital, they are going to encourage that baby to eat pretty frequently. And pretty much within the first hour. And it's kind of one of those things where they're checking blood sugar and you know, the nurses want to make sure the baby is eaten. And so they can kind of like check that off as being, you know, okay, the baby ate kind of thing. Um, so every couple of hours in the hospital, they're going to recommend that that baby goes to breast and really like keeping that baby skin to skin as much as possible is ideal. Just, I mean, that this is a huge transition for your baby. I mean, we want them to be where they're going to be comfortable and feel safest. And that's like, Right on you. On you. Attached mm-hmm. to you. Attached to you. And if it can't be you, it's, they should be a, right on the partner, right on your partner. Skin to skin with both of you. Um, you know, and then, and, and, sorry. Go ahead. No, but go like, ahead. you know how, you know, we have breasts to the side and there's a space in between. Like, that's literally why we are made like that where your baby fits have a space for the baby that's why this is all designed that way not to fit into like a bra (laughs) you know yeah i mean you know that's that's nice and everything but it's literally made that way so your baby fits right there i know it's perfect it's perfect it's like it's like we were made for a reason imagine that but we were. And it wasn't for sexual reasons. Right, either. exactly. No. So ex- the other thing you should expect is some cluster feeding, usually on day two of the baby's life. So either on day two of the baby's life or the first night home, whichever comes first. Mm. And, you know, because people are getting out of the hospital pretty quickly now, going home after 24 hours you know, that kind of thing. But usually like the first night home is usually the worst. And that is because they do a lot of cluster feeding. That's a lot of overstimulation, right? Like you put your, if you had your baby in a hospital or birth center or something like that, you put the, you got the baby dressed, you put them in a car seat, drove them home. Now they're home. There's new lights, new sounds. Maybe you have pets, you know, maybe there's company there waiting for you. Um, You know, lots of stuff happening. And that's a lot of overstimulation for a little baby. So those babies tend to be a little bit more like, I need to be with my mother right now. And they tend to do a lot of cluster feeding on those nights. And that is perfectly normal. We expect it. And usually that's, and if you're in the hospital and it's day two, usually we see that cluster feeding on day two. The the other thing they're doing is like bringing your milk in too. Like there's Mm -hmm. a purpose to the cluster feeding. There's a reason that it's happening. It's not just to annoy us and to make us crazy, which it does, but. And we do have an episode on cluster feeding, but um, they're also bringing your milk in because, you know, right now, those first two or three days of your baby's life, they're feeding on colostrum, which is all they need. They don't need anything else. 
colostrum has everything that they need. But the more that they nurse and the more they stimulate your supply, the more your milk is going to come in, the faster your milk is going to come in. So let your baby cluster feed. Let them bring your milk in sooner. Yeah, that's like that's that's what that's that's the goal. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, it's okay, it's fine, just let it happen. It's like, no, this is this is what we want to see. This is what we want your baby to be doing. Mm -hmm. This is exactly what they're designed to do, what you're designed to do. And you know, I know we all have things to do, we have things to do, but you don't have anything to do except sit there and nurse your baby. Yeah. It's totally, that's all that's expected. your job right now. That's all that's expected. And a lot of people will ask like, well, how long is the baby nurse for? Like, what should I expect as far as like how long they're going to feed for? Oh, forever. (laughs) I know, right? When they're first born, like in that first, you know, the first few days, especially, babies are tired. They are figuring out their coordination. They're figuring out how to suck, swallow, and breathe and make all of that come together in order to eat. Like that's a lot of coordination for a little baby. They're figuring that out. They're using all these new muscles that might be tight. They might be sore. They might be, you know, there's a lot happening there. So those feeds in the very beginning can be a little bit longer sometimes, you know, before your baby actually like conks out and is done. So you might see that feed last like 45 minutes and that's like, they'll suck a couple times, they'll pause, they'll take a little break, they'll breathe and they'll suck a few more times. This is really, really typical and normal for your baby. They are figuring out what to do and it takes them a little time. Once they, if the more they do it though, the better they get at it. Just like anything else, they're, they're practicing. And that's what we're going to see them doing in those first few days of life. And then as they get better at it and better at it, they become more efficient at it. And then it takes them less time. So the goal is that your baby, like, because long feeds are not good feeds as your baby gets older. In the very beginning, long feeds are normal because they're learning. But after the first, like, two weeks, feeds should not take half an hour. Feeds should be pretty short. They should be like maybe don't like time this because timing is bad. But I definitely don't want to see feeds. Like if you, you know, if you contacted me and said, my baby's a month old and they're feeding for 45 minutes, I'd be like, okay, what's going on there? Because babies should not be feeding that long at that age. Usually it's, you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes maybe, and then they should be done. Longer feeds are a sign that they're not transferring milk as efficiently. So we want to know like, okay, what, what's going on there? You might want to get, you know, a lactation consultant to kind of take a look at that feeding and see, is the baby really taking that long to feed or are they done in 10 minutes and they're just comfort nursing, which is very normal to do as well. But sometimes if you don't know the difference, you think they're feeding for 45 minutes. So that is something to kind of keep in mind. Um, we should probably take a break. Holy crap. Oh, my goodness. Yes, we should. Then we're going to talk about weight loss and weight gain. Oh, hot topics. And poop. <laughs> all that stuff. <laughs> the hottest topic of all. I know. Uh, we'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Fairhaven Health. If you are struggling with sore nipples, you need pain relief fast. And when sore nipples turn to crack nipples, forget about it. It's enough to want to call it quits. 
Damaged nipples can cause real problems with successfully breastfeeding your baby. Check with a lactation consultant that your baby is getting a good latch and get some Milky's Nipple Nurture Balm. Nipple Nurture Balm is formulated to soothe, protect, and heal sore or cracked nipples. This nipple balm is made with organic herbal ingredients and combined with natural moisturizers to help provide relief and to heal affected areas and even prevent cracks from reappearing. Nurture Nipple Balm alleviates the discomfort so the joy can be restored to your special bonding time. It is safe for both parent and baby, and there's no need to wipe it off before breastfeeding. Head to fairhavenhealth.com, that's F-A-I-R-H-A-V-E-N.com, and use code BADASS for 15% off of your purchase. And today's episode is also brought to you by Sarah's Chill, a company that never stops making the lives of breastfeeding parents easier. Created by a mom for moms, Sarah's Chill knows the challenges that come with the journey, including cleaning pump parts and baby bottles in some of the ickiest places. Keeping breastfeeding gear clean is super important, but it can feel almost impossible when you're away from home. With the all-you-need wash bin bag, you'll always have a safe place to wash your essentials. All you need is soap and water. The wash bin, the wash basin includes a waterproof canvas bag, a collapsible scrub brush, a soap dispenser, and a microfiber towel. Not only are all the parts TSA friendly, but it can roll up between uses and be tossed in the wash at the end of the day. Whether it's a game-changing breast milk chiller, an epic freezer storage system, or a travel wash basin bag, this company has everything you need and want. Sarah's Chill is truly breastfeeding reimagined. Head to Sarah's Chill, that's C-E-R-E-S-C-H-I-L-L.com. You can also check them out on Instagram at Sarah's Chill. And you can use code BADASS for 15% off of your purchase. Uh, all of our sponsors and the promo codes can be found in the show notes under this episode, wherever you're listening from. And also over at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com, you'll find our sponsor page with all of our sponsor information. And you'll find all of our other episodes, you'll find our resources page, and you will find information about scheduling your very own one-on-one online lactation consultation with Diane. So let's talk about weight loss because that always freaks people out a little bit. And our in our review, she kind of alluded to the fact that the baby had lost weight in the hospital and they mentioned that to her and she knew that that was normal. But if you don't know that it's, so she knew it was normal, so she didn't freak out. She was like, yeah, okay, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Day two, the baby's losing weight. I know that happens and it's fine. And that is how I want everybody to feel about it. I want everybody to be like, it's day two. Babies always lose a little weight, totally normal, and it's fine because it is. And it is normal and it is expected and it's what every single baby does. And you have to look at the big picture of the weight loss too. Like if it was a pretty drastic weight loss in the first 24 hours, and we can assume that a lot of that was probably fluid, like IV fluid. If you received a lot of IV fluid during labor... Mm-hmm. Your baby is also getting a lot of that fluid. And they, they're even saying now that the 24-hour weight should be the weight that's looked at as a birth weight, not even the yeah. first weight. But it takes medical professionals 
a right. long time to change. Like 50 years to get into the program. <laughs> it does. It takes a long and time. And then everything from there on out is based on that, mm-hmm. which is n- not a correct number. Right. Yeah, that's really, it's hard. And it's scary to think that your baby's losing all this weight and that you need to give them something other than colostrum. But it's totally okay. And they have reserves and it's totally normal for them to lose a little bit of weight. Now, usually there's a window of about, providers are usually comfortable with anything under 10%. Once they get to like 10%, then they're like, okay, you know, or they get a little bit like wonky about it. But I've definitely seen babies go a little bit lower than 10%. And as long as they're feeding fine, they're pooping and peeing okay, there's really like no reason to panic or anything like that. We want your milk to come in. So let that baby cluster feed as much as they need to so we can get, you know, so your milk comes in so that we're, you know, the baby starts feeding off of milk. But your baby is going to continue to lose weight until they've been feeding on your milk supply for about 24 hours, which is usually not until about like day three or day four. So definitely expect them to still be low in weight when you go to your first pediatrician appointment. They're still usually losing a little bit of weight. Like I said, it's totally normal, especially the more IV fluids you receive, the more weight your baby drops. So it it really is expected that this happens. Now, what we do is we watch for that poop, right? We feed them as much as, you know, as much as they want to be fed. And if your baby is cluster feeding in the hospital or in those first couple days of life, like we said, that is a very normal process for them. And they do that like, well, obviously to eat, but they also do it to be close to you. They want to be close to you. They want to be feel secure. They want to feel safe. They want to be soothed. So they are doing a lot of cluster feeding. Sometimes medical professionals or nurses, if they're not really educated on this, which they're not, we know that they don't get this education in school. We know that. Then they might take that as a sign that your baby's not getting enough to eat and you have to give them formula. And that's not necessarily the truth. So, yeah, and if that happens, and if that happens, then you say, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to speak with a lactation consultant first. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with saying that. Nothing at all. But this is one of the reasons why people are starting to ask about harvesting their colostrum before they go to the hospital Mm. so that they can avoid situations like this. And we do have an episode on that, by the way. But I have had people ask me about that. Like somebody asked that, like we were in Indiana last weekend for Babies and Bumps. Shout out to Indiana. Yeah. And I was doing a seminar and somebody did ask about you know, should I, what do you think about saving colostrum prior to having the baby? And this is one of the reasons why people do that. So that if the baby's not feeding well, or if the baby's losing a little bit too much weight, you've got that colostrum and you can give it to them instead of supplementing with formula. And if that's important to you, that's something that you can look into doing. Um, Some people are fine with, you know, okay, that's fine. Give the baby a little bit of formula so that we can, you know, keep their weight up until my milk comes in. But you have to be really cautious about that because you don't want to give too much formula to where the baby is going to not nurse well. So just kind of keep in mind that that baby's stuck, you know, the baby's stomach is pretty small. So in the first, you know, few days of life, they can only hold a couple of teaspoons of fluid. It's not very much at all 
which is another reason why they feed frequently is because they're digesting, they're feeding, they're digesting, and then they're feeding again because their stomach can only hold so much volume. It's little. Their little stomachs are... Yeah, but oh. and then but if they're asking you to supplement, they will be telling you to give way more than even the baby's stomach can hold. Yeah, so you have to be really like you just. I don't. They just do. So if something seems off to you, because I I get this a lot, where people will say I, I had to supplement. You know, they wanted me to supplement, and they told me to give the baby an ounce, and I felt like that was a lot. And it is for a baby that's a day or two old. That is a lot. You can question that. That's okay to do. It's okay to be like, I feel like that's a lot. Is it okay if I just give them 15 milliliters, which is half an ounce? Or you say, um, that's a lot. I'm going to give. Yeah. Half an ounce. Yeah. Absolutely. This is your you just baby. tell them what you're going to do. Yeah. So that because we still, we want the baby to still go to the breast. And if they're too full, they're not going to go to the breast well. So we still want them to, you know, to go to the breast, but we want them to be, you know, if you want them to be fed while they're going to the breast, then don't overfeed them. And that's really important to remember because I see that happening where it'd be like, oh yeah, they gave the baby, you know, two ounces. It's like, oh my God, the baby's like a day and a half old. That's a lot. (laughs) Like that's a lot. And then the Um, baby didn't want a nurse and was conked out. I know. I know it because that'll happen. And then it's like, oh, yeah, then the baby slept for all these hours. And it's like, well, that's not, they're not supposed to do that. That's not good. Yeah. Yeah. So your baby is, their stomach is small. They can only hold small amounts, small volumes, which is, like I said, another reason why they eat a little bit more frequently. They're eating every two to three hours. In the hospital, they usually say, oh, feed your baby every three hours. That's typically what I have always experienced. Um, as your baby becomes a little bit more awake and alert, they might want to feed more frequently than that. And that's normal. But a lot of times people get used to that every three hours in the hospital or they kind of get it in their brain. Like the baby's going to eat every three hours because that's what they were doing in the hospital. That's what the hospital told me to do. And now they're eating every two hours. So what's wrong? Are they not getting enough milk? No, that's normal. Anywhere from like... You know, we say an hour and a half to three hours, but it could even be shorter than that sometimes, depending on what your baby's doing. I have never, ever known how often my children eat. Yeah, I mean, just now as they're not not now as they're older, but as breastfeeding babies, I mean, I just had them at the breast. Mm -hmm. If I had to pee, I would like either try to hand them to somebody, try to put them down if they cried. I, I, I can assume now maybe they were in the middle of eating and then I would be like, fine, you're coming to the bathroom with me. <laughs> and then I'd breastfeed on the toilet. And like sometimes they would agree to going to someone else because maybe they were just sleeping. I just never paid attention to any of it. Yeah. I just had them nursing all. I just had them at the breast. And, and if they wouldn't go away and they cried, then I just put them back on. If they wouldn't go away. <laughs> yeah. If like, you know, if my husband's like, here, I'll take the baby. And then they're like, Mah! and be like, okay, well, no, not right now. Yeah. Well, I love it when I ask somebody, when I say to them, like, how often does a baby eat? Because that is a question that I ask. And I love it when they say, I don't know. It's just whatever. Like, they just eat whenever, you know, it's just on demand. We just feed like whatever. I don't know, like, when it is. Yeah, what day is it? What time is yeah. it? 
And, you know, and that's, that's totally fine because that's normal. And then, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, you get people that are, are very like, I don't want to say type A because I feel like that's labeling, but people that really do want to have a routine to go by, which is hard with a baby. That's a very hard thing to capture when you have a newborn because there's really not much of a routine at all. Well, and a lot of times people are told to get on a schedule. And so Mm -hmm. then they're on the apps, you know, keeping track of when and then going by the clock and all of that, which is just sort of a lot of work and causes a lot of anxiety. It does cause a lot of anxiety because then it does make you wonder, is the baby not getting enough? Because they were going every, you know, they were eating every three hours yesterday, but today they're eating every hour and a half. What's going on? Well, what's going on is maybe they're having a growth spurt. Maybe they're just having an off day. Like it's okay. But we, when we're tracking it so closely, it can make you feel like there's problems. Right, right. Instead of just kind of going with whatever the baby's doing because they know yeah. what they're doing. I mean, and it's just, just, they're going to do that when they're two and three, too, if you're still breastfeeding. I know. Or even they'll just eating. Like someday you're, <laughs> yeah. Some days they'll eat all day and you'll be like, oh my God, we're going to go broke. Somebody then, asked me that I- recently, like about, um, a baby being sick. And this was an older baby, like a year old. Like if they're sick and they don't eat a lot, like, is that okay? I'm like, yeah, because you don't want to eat a lot when you're sick. Like, they're not going to starve. No, they just don't feel good. Yeah. It's like they make up for it. It's yeah. totally okay. You know, we're, we're talking about the older babies at this point. Younger babies, we do like to make sure they're eating. But yeah. And they like toddlers. Yeah. Good luck getting a meal down them half the time, chasing them around with food. (laughs) (laughs) Want to be busy, want to be doing something every minute. I don't know. So pooping. Now we're going to talk about pooping because it's an important part of feeding. And why is it an important part of feeding? Because it tells you how much your baby's eating. Like this is how we track. People always ask, how do I know my baby is getting enough? And it's because of the pooping. We know they're getting enough when they're pooping and peeing. If you're changing a lot of dirty diapers and a lot of wet diapers, then your baby's getting enough to eat. That's pretty much the bottom line. Like that's what we see. And their poop changes. So from day one, you've got that really dark poop, that dark meconium poop. It's like tar. Yeah. Doesn't smell. You can't hear it coming out. And it's awful to clean up. But once they're past that, after like a day or two, then their poop turns a little bit more green. It's a little bit more of a normal poop consistency. And then it turns to this like yellow, like Winnie the Pooh yellow, soft, seedy poop. And that's what normal breastfed baby poop is going to look like until you give them something other than breast milk. And that usually happens by like day four as your milk is coming in. That's what your baby's poop is going to change to. If your baby's poop is still dark by day five, then that's a red flag. We want to make sure like, is the baby transferring enough milk? What's going on with these feedings? Because poop should not still be dark by day five. Everything should have transitioned by then. So that is definitely a red flag for you. Pain with feeds is a red flag too. You shouldn't have pain that lasts throughout a feeding. Normal latch pain is when your baby like latches on and you might feel a little bit of like tenderness or sensitivity and then it should go away within like 30 or 60 seconds. 
you don't want that pain to last. And you might feel like the tug, but that, and that might feel strange, but it shouldn't feel painful. You shouldn't have like pinchy pain or like digging pain, nothing like that. And everything should be comfortable as your baby is feeding. If you have pain that lasts through the feed, that's a red flag that we need to look at that latch because something's going on there. It should not be, it shouldn't be painful and it's not normal. And if it's painful, then it's not going well. I'll have people contact me and be like, be like, how are the feeds going? Oh, feedings are going great. He's doing great. He's gaining weight. Everything's great, but it's really painful. Well, then it's not great. It's not great if it's painful and he's not doing well. Something's going on there that we need to fix. So that is all kind of like things to look for and things to expect in those first couple of days of your baby's life. That's awesome. Lots of yeah. chaos. I remember that oh. first day home with Jack. Oh my God. It was just like standing in the living room. All of us just not knowing what to do. Yeah. <laughs> All of us I remember. Like, talk to me too. Yeah. I remember thinking like, this is not the baby I had in the hospital. Cause it was like, you know, in the hospital, they're so angelic and they just sleep and you wake them up for feeds and you, you yeah. know, and then you get them home and they're like, Wah! and it's like, Whose baby is yeah, this? They really are crying all night. Yeah. Yeah. I, re- I really thought that to myself. Like, I don't, this is not the same baby. What, what did I do? What happened? It was really, it was really scary for a little while there. Yeah. But then you get it figured out and it's okay. Yeah. So we're just, just trying expect to expect the chaos. And yeah, expect some chaos. But hopefully we made it a little bit easier by answering some feed questions for you. But just expect some just normal baby chaos. That's it. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.